September 7, 2021. It's a lot for Pedro show.
Pedro Show, happy Tuesday. We started off with John Coltrane doing the Jupiter variation, Interstellar Space, Rashid Ali. Paper Mice after that with Don't Worry About the Governor. No pun rock, right? A member of that, what was it called, 77? Don't Worry About the Government? Yeah, exactly. And I noticed from the, well, people, you can tell probably that I'm not man alone. Because those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I've got the Paper Mice with the welcome board, Dave, John, Taylor. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah, for real. It's good to be here. And you're talking to me from uh, Chicago? Yes. Got it. I was conceived there, born in Virginia, Portsmouth, but 
conceived. There's a Navy boot camp, right? A great oh, shore. Damn. Great shore, great shore. Yeah, and my uh, pop was there learning how to be a machinist mate. My ma, they met at a YMCA for a refugee for Hungary. The Soviets went into Hungary, right? Sure. So, yeah, how you know. So who who wants to go first? Because I want to get involved. I'm very curious about you guys, is, uh, how you got to be who you are. So why don't we start with your individual music journeys? So maybe, uh, I guess Dave is first, alphabetical. Yeah, Dave, I think you should go first because I think the seeds of the band did start with you and Adam. Dave? Sure. What about your earliest musical recollection? Please bring my earliest musical recollection is probably of my my grandmother, my, my mother's mother, Eleanor. Uh, and she, she used to play piano all the time, and I would sit next to her at the piano. My grandma's uh, name was Eleanor, too, but we called her Mimi. <laughs> it is a great grandmother name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah um, and she used to sit at the piano and play Debussy and Chopin, and I'd sit next to her and try to copy what she was playing. Um, is this your pad or her pad? This was at her place in in, uh, in in Brooklyn. Although when she would come visit us, I'm, I'm from Long Island, New York, and when she would come visit us there, do the, you know she would sit down at the piano and play, and I'd always sit next to her and, and, and try to copy what she was playing. And uh, no, but that's important. I mean, there's instruments in the pad that you were growing up. Yeah, I actually, I actually, you know, we'd go to visit her in Brooklyn, and and after she passed away, I in, I inherited her piano, and my mom had it shipped all the way out here to Chicago, and I have her piano, and it's like the most important of like the things that I own in, in, my, you, in, my, in my house. But when you're a boy, and, okay, so you didn't jump on it. You're sitting next to her and trying to copy. So there's there's two sets of hands on the keyboard? You got it. Okay, no, that's happening. I, I've seen fucking Sophistos do shit like that. So uh, uh, what about uh, like the first record you bought yourself? Oh, man. Remember, it's a Watt for Pedro show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong yeah. answers. No, I think I think I think the I, I remember the first the first like album I bought with my own money. I was in high school, like probably a fresh freshman or sophomore in high school, and I bought Doctor Dre's The Chronic with my own money. Well, you know, um, when you're a kid, you don't have a lot of money. That's why I asked that question. What about the first yeah. gig you saw, Dave? I was probably I don't know five or six, maybe seven or eight years old. My parents took us to see uh, the Monkees with Weird Al Yankovic opening. Not uh, as good as Beach Jimmy. Along. Not as good as Jimmy opening. <laughs> Maybe that was 20, 30 years before. Uh, what, 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 what about school? Now, now you say you, you know, was playing with your grandma. Did she give you lessons, or did you have to go through the piano teacher thing? You know, I took piano lessons all through my childhood. Um, how, how was the I, experience? Know, I, because I've had guests on the show; it almost made them hate music. I, that's a pretty common experience. You know, when you get forced to do something, you don't want to do it. But I, I connected pretty, pretty, pretty quickly with my piano teacher, and I really enjoyed. Um, well, you, you know, think that's part of it, Dave? Like, the teacher is an important component. Maybe some people got better skills than others. Yeah, I mean, she was she was very patient with me. You know, she'd uh, I, I I always remember she'd she'd bring out a new piece or a new book, and it was like it was like you know opening presents on presents on Hanukkah. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I got a new thing, and I'd be so excited to to open the book and see what she had for me. And it was you know she was a great teacher, and I, I really. Um, you know, it wasn't until I stopped taking with her that I stopped playing piano because I didn't like the teacher I had after her. See, yeah, yeah. That's what I think it is. I don't think it's act of lessons as yeah. much as like, you know, the one delivering the good time. What, what totally. about school? Were you in the choir, the marching band or shit like that? I was in, in the concert band and the, you had to be in the marching band if you wanted to be in the concert yeah, band. Yeah, so yeah. I had to be in, well, I had every, to be in the marching every band. Every school is different. That's why I asked that shit. What, what instrument? 
Uh, well, I started on clarinet and then I switched to saxophone when I was in, I think, the sixth grade and I played saxophone. I actually went to college for saxophone. Now, um, fingering so like, way different, right? Because you got holes on the clarinet. Say it again? The fingering. Uh, they're actually the, the they're very similar. The, I mean, the the upper register of the clarinet is like exactly the same as the as the fingerings on the well, saxophone. Well, the octave's button's different. Right? It's not really an octave, and there's holes that you have to cover. It's, up. Exactly, there, it's, a, it's an open hold instrument in the octave button. I think it's like a twelfth button on the on the clarinet, whereas it's an octave button on the, on the saxophone because they have different shaped bore. Yeah, um, yeah. I, well, one came to the other because I've been to the music museum in Brussels where they got mm -hmm. three Adolphus sax. It was named after Dude, right? He used to be on the five. Yeah. Five, uh, what do you call them? Franks, uh, Belgian franc notes in the old days before euros, and uh, yeah, it came out of the clarinet. But and then like they wouldn't, but they put the clarinet with the bassoon and the shit. The, but they wouldn't let in the sax because of the timbre, right? Too loud and never in tune. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, different tuning, different tuning, because it works great yeah. with rock and roll and R and B and jazz. Yeah. But but for the square John's nope. That I try to explain to people why string basses look like giant violins without a chin part. It's to try to keep that timber shit going. Okay. So you even went to college for sax. Did you get a degree yeah, I, degree in it? Yeah, I, I, I did an undergrad degree in saxophone. I did a master's degree in saxophone as well. Um uh and then I stopped I don't really do much saxophone anymore. I did. I also did a master's degree in music theory, and then I went on and did a doctorate in composition. So okay, I, I so kind of switched. Okay, so the theory could be apl applied even bass guitar or drummers, right? I mean, so that that's bitching. And, and so you put down that instrument. That's kind of sad, but still, it's like the way I'm looking at it is kind of like a, the, the pocket knife, right? The art's not in the knife as much as what's going to be carved with it. So if you trade that pocket knife for a butter knife, it might be a little more difficult. But <laughs> <laughs> if there's a will, there's a way, huh? Now, did you do any of the garage, bedroom, basement band stuff after school? I'm not graduating, but in the afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I used to in in high school. I had a I played in a, a garage band. Um, and what'd you play? Uh, I played guitar. That's when I start. I started okay, playing guitar. And okay, yeah. What made you jump to guitar? Because that's what you do in Paper Mice, right? Yeah, I, I started in, in, I picked it up in the 10th grade, um, basically because I just wanted to start playing in bands. Uh, and I got a really crappy, like, like ESP metal guitar with like a pinkish greenish, like, of course, you I had. don't know, like per, pearlescent thing. It yeah. was like, the, I bought it from some, right. some, some kid at school. And uh, yeah, I played in a band and we, you know, we, we did, we had a couple original songs, just basically just playing covers though. Were you um, writing it? Without writing the songs? I, I helped write some of them. Yeah. Okay. Because. Um, but it was, it's, I don't, I don't. I, I pretend that those songs don't exist. No, but you ended up being a, a composer for the band, so I'm, I'm wondering where the roots of that is. Well, we we the band in the band we write our stuff together. Um, so oh, you know, okay, I'm, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, that's great to know because <laughs> in my, I come from the days of old fucked up hierarchy. But you know what a <laughs> farmer would tell you: if you want a good crop, use a lot of manure. So I say, bring it, motherfuckers. <laughs> okay, look, you guys gave me this You gave me a lot of great music But this is Fight Spider with Fire Smore Pun Rock No, not again I swore this was behind me When the thing appeared The thing I feared That had to find me I grabbed the weapon And stepped in the trap I blinked and I reacted Calm and unafraid As I flambeed that damn arachnid Shocked I coughed as I reflected What had I inside
explain all your excitement Cause it's undeserved, I should be served with an indictment Direct your acclamation
smoking some.
Watch for Pedro Show. That chunk of music start off Paper Mice. Fight Spider with Fire. Pete Kane from his brand new album, Slide. Very bitching, very happy. People check it out. Pete Kane. He's one half a model home. Uh, Victoria Shen with Unhanded after that. Bombas Prendon, brand new stuff. They recorded uh, collaborating over the internet. Not trading files, but actually playing together. They put gaps in between the parts of the latency. Deal with that shit. She asked if she could smoke Lowlands from Devin Hoff and his new album. Graf from the Netherlands, Mountain of Knives and Vuce. Oh, Wakuf. Yeah, it's a chilly guy living in the Netherlands, so I don't. The W's probably okay. Pharaoh of the Pharynx, flavor, flavor of tarantulas with from James Twig Harper and Rubber O. Cement. What they call the costume noise scene, I think. Uh, Mr. Rodriguez called it. Northern Jaw for that Fields of Reed. Crab Dustin from La Flange de Mall, our buddy Chris Cones. Texas Shugo. Tokamaru with Green Rain. And finally, Paper Mice. Taking the heat. No pun intended. No pun embedded. Okay, so. Uh, well, we get up to you, Dave, all the way up to college, and you graduate with music, but you're not doing sax anymore. You, you become you didn't do any of your guitar in college. Well, I, I played in bands all through college and grad no, school. No, no, but I mean with the higher education. No, no. No, okay. It was more of your, like, fun thing. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, who wants to go next? I can go. This is John. Hey, John. Earliest uh, musical recollection, please. I would say uh, when the Muppets came on, um, I would, my mom, my mom, my mom said uh, I would run down naked and I would just <laughs> um, flip out and you know. I still, it's do time to, I still do that. Yeah, that that theme song is still badass. I mean, it's just that brings it back for me. Well, the drummer That's man, like, uh, Animal, right? Exactly, and I would. I would say that Animal is an inspiration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, don't, we know about Mr. Hansen, right? He dies of strep throat. So, people, don't be afraid of a little penicillin or or vaccinations for that. Can you believe that? I did that? not know that. Yeah, I did not up. know that. Well, what happens is there comes a tipping point where you just can't kill enough bugs because you become a bug factory, even in this day oh, and age. Shit. So, yeah, don't wait too long. Strep throat almost <laughs> got my sister. Uh, so, uh Pat, you grew up in, was there musical instruments? Um, when I was growing up, not really. My my uh, my dad got my mom a piano, and I was not like Dave. I, I had no formal instruction, but I had a really good time, uh, you know, just just exploring it. Just and pounding the off. shit out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that and that's that's how I learned is just by exploring. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What was the first record um, you bought with your own money? Uh, I think it was. Uh, I'm I'm 42, so like when I was in seventh grade, like MTV was going strong, and I was really into like so I was into I was into Primus big time. So well, it was like Claypool. And yeah, Herb, when, I, like, when I toured with them, they had Herb on the drum. Yeah, the ginseng drummer. Yes. <laughs> uh, you, mean, you know what? He did a Dave Grohl for a while, played guitar and sang for something called Laundry. 
Oh, no shit. I, I did not know shit that. You. I would not shit you. <laughs> no uh, shits at all. No, That's no, crazy. No. What, what about the first gig you went and saw? Okay, so this was, I'm kind of proud of this. My brother, I have two great brothers. One of my uh, brothers took me to see uh, Jawbreaker, Mud Honey, and Nirvana in 1993. And in 1973, was, you know what my first gig was? Me and D Boo went. What? T Rex. Oh my oh, God. Yeah, Damn. everybody says that. <laughs> you say you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so go, go on. Yeah, so that was like six months before he died and. Uh, oh, that shit. was uh and 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 uh oh that, you mean Kurt Cobain yes not my bro yeah uh, it was, Kurt Cobain but, but yeah, that was sad brother. too he was a great yes guy. he was yeah. a great little kid uh not kid uh little guy kind of short I mean I'll, shit he was always 27. the last time I saw him he goes to me hey Mike it's good to see you I said good to see you too Kurt he said no I mean really wow. it was a weird place he was in he's talking to me about guns and shit sweet little guy but totally oh a music man. He could have got into mariachi shit. I, you know what I mean? It's so tragic, that whole thing. What, what about at school? Were you in the marching band or the choir, shit like that? No, I had kind of a unique path. I, I taught myself how to play uh, drums. Oh, bitch. And, so yeah, what did you do? Then, was it pots and pans, or did you get a kit right away? It was like, at first it was pillows. And, yeah. I, was, and I was rocking the hell out of some pillows in my bedroom. But I got a kit when I was 14, and then I kind of worked backwards. Around the age of 20, after some bad jobs, I thought I realized I did want to study music, but you can't really go to school unless you know you have some experience. But I found a school in Chicago where I could, um, you know, do do music school without all the previous background. It was a real good situation. Yeah, so, look, man, Vincent started painting in his last 10 years. I want to get rid of this is one of the reasons I do this show. It's 20 years, three months now. You don't have to be a child prodigy. Mm -hmm. Joe buys a 20, yeah. you know, Sacred Trust, 27 years old when he comes to guitar. He's a painter, man, right? He, he sees these other punk rockers. This is the 70s, right? In Hollywood. Two years later, yeah. he's transcribing Charlie Parker. You know, it's never too late. <laughs> it just never yeah. is too fucking late. I was talking to a guy from Taiwan, Paul Lai, yesterday, and he's. He just got into it in his mid-20s. So you didn't go through any of the shit, uh, junior high, high school, garage band, basement band? Uh, uh, basement band, for sure. Oh, I you mean, did? I, I thought you didn't. You know, just, just on my own, but nothing formal until I, until my 20s. You know why it's called back. a trap set? I don't, actually. It's, it's sort of brief, like the way I say Pedro. Uh-huh. Yeah, we pronounce it wrong, and then we fucking cut it short, right? Well, they do. I came here when I was nine. I ain't from here, but I've been here 54 years. But anyway, yeah. contraption. Oh! It came God, from New Orleans. It's only 120 years old. Yeah. Larry yeah. Mullins hit me to that shit. And it's, it's short for contraption. So so what school did you go to for music? <laughs> there's a school, there's a school uh, in Chicago called Northeastern Illinois, and it was super cheap. And, it, and uh, I got my music ed degree from there. Yeah. And I've actually I've actually been teaching kids for I'm in my 15th year. So, yeah. I'm what about teacher. the teachers there? Good teachers in music? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. It's a real good real good situation where I, I had somebody play. on the show last a couple of weeks ago they were talking about Berkeley and you know Massachusetts and bad experience especially yeah. with the professors. I think it's all timing and it's about people, really. 
yes. institutions, yeah, they can be kind of a structure, but it's it's about people, right? Everything almost, like 99% of the whole fucking enchilada. <laughs> but uh, that's okay, because uh, that's the yeah. way it is. <laughs> Uh, so, oh, yeah. so, so, so I'm glad you went and did that. You know, Mark Cisneros, a drummer, well, he plays everything. He went and put himself through music school at 30 years old with all these kids running around. <laughs> you know what I mean? My sister did the same thing, but with uh, English, because she's cutting hair for 30 years and the scissors thing was killing her hand. The, the, the thing about going back to higher education, that's, a, you know, that's a personal loan mission. I have a lot of respect for that. Uh, oh, so, yeah. so in 15 years of teaching, so that, that's beautiful. Okay, we got to yeah. go to the third guy now. John? Uh, is it John? Yeah. Uh, I'm no. Taylor. No, it's Taylor now. That's me. Yeah, because we took care of John. Hi, we took care of Dave. Now, Taylor, earliest yeah. musical recollection, please. Um, I think it was probably riding around in my dad's Nissan Altima and listening to Bach and Handel and... Uh, Car radio. Yeah, you always had... What's that? Car radio? Cassette? Yeah, he had a CD player. It was kind of like the early early days of having a CD player in your car. And it was kind of, yeah, kind of exotic and flashy. A lot of skip. And he had, a, <laughs> he had, yeah, he had like a, you know, he had a stack of classical CDs and... and uh, oh, they were selling changes that you would fucking fit under the seat. <laughs> the yeah, they had ones in the... It lasted like drum. 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Eight, eight tracks was even shorter. That's what I went through. My, right. my cream and my T-Rex was eight tracks. Yeah, these cartridge. And they would just shut off and go to the next fucking thing, you know, one-fourth through the big loop. Uh, yeah. What about at, at, at your pad? Was there instruments? Yeah, there was a there was a um, baby grand piano that I, I took lessons. Like, my mom kind of taught me piano when yeah. I was really young. Um, so I think starting from, like, age eight. And she kind of took me as far as she could go. Yeah. Kind of same thing with Dave, like where, you know, it was, you know, we were kind of playing unison. She was just showing me like basics of how to read and how to play sure. folk tunes and stuff like that. And then at some point she kind of graduated me and found me a uh, a proper piano teacher. And then what 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 about the first record you bought with your own money? Um, it was actually, I, I got two cassettes and it was a uh, Weird Al album and Queen, <laughs> Classic Queen. Okay, I see a common thread with Bohemian the paper Rhapsody. mice. The common thread with the paper mice is Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> I remember him. He was a big dude on Dr. Demento. His first big hit was Another One Rides the Bus. You know, all the dude has to do is wait for other people to make hits and then <laughs> fuck up the words, right? Like you guys just make fun of the word. All you got to do is reheat it, you know, eat it. Yeah, eat it. I, think yeah. It, I think it's a big part of why humor is such an important part of our music, though, honestly. Right. We were, no, you know, no, there's nothing wrong with humor. I think the, uh, yeah. what was that group after the pop group? It was Rip Rig and Panic. They had a song called Knee Deep and Shit. And one of the lines was like, if Jesus would have laughed when he was crucified, his killers would have been terrified. You know, some shit like that. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's awesome. Check it out. It's from like the 1979, 1980, something like that. It's got a monkey, a picture of a monkey from National Geographic that's just about to get bit by the leopard, killed. So you're seeing the oh. last second in his eyes of, of impending death. So they called the oh. album God. <laughs> yeah. Okay, enough of that. Yeah. Well, Pop Group had a big effect on Minutemen, Jesus Christ. The idea yeah. of putting Captain Beefheart with Funkadelic. I mean, yeah, why didn't somebody yeah, think of that before? Okay, so now uh, what about uh, uh, first gig you saw? 
The first show I saw, I went with my dad. So yeah, my dad was kind of a common thread for a lot of my early musical experiences. I went with my dad. It was like a, a, a package gig um, at a big arena in Chicago, the local like alternative radio station. This was a little later in my childhood when I started getting into really terrible alternative 90s rock. Um, yeah, but the, your first uh, gig band, is your first gig, so don't don't worry yeah, about the context. Yeah, the, the bands I remember were um, Oasis and Fiona Apple and Bush. I was uh, Bush was the Whoa! band. I was, I, was, I was helping the Porno for Pyro guys at that moment. I remember those like K Rock Weenie Rose fucking pay to play yes. bullshit yep. corruption. Yes. Yeah, I, but my <laughs> heart pleads pink lemonade for the industry. Fuck. Look, we're gonna have to continue, Taylor, because I've run out of time in the first hour, September 7, 2021, Dish Wapito show special guest paper mice. Hold tight for hour two. September 7, 2021, it's the second hour, Wap Pedro show.
Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with paper mice. Fight fire with firearms. Ben Salter from Tasmania. Bad luck. Rice Corpse. That's Lucas Abella and two guys from China. Resurrection Man. Raul Borkenheim, Ecstasy. He was on last week. No Delay. Live. Uh, Car Thief School from Hokkaido. Part of Japan. Yesterday, brand new. And finally, Paper Mice. For the birds. Again, no pun. I don't understand, but Mike, pun's not dead. Okay, well, it's dead in that title. But actually, you just want to make sure we're awake. If we always know it's going to be a pun, we're going to go back to cruise control. So you're smart to do that shit. Okay, much respect. <laughs> back with Tay and his journey. So what, yeah. what about the the, 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 the marching band uh, choir uh, shit at school? Did you do any of that? Well, yeah, throughout elementary and high school, I kept with piano lessons, and uh, I started playing in bands in middle school. And no, and no, I'm talking of, about the actual yeah. school programs. No, none of that, not okay, at all. Okay, because you know a lot of some cats. I asked, there was no program. They got rid of that shit. No, yeah, I, w- I went to school actually where where John is teaching now in Evanston, just outside of Chicago, and they had really good music program. Oh, okay, but you just, just weren't interested, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. I tried, but after 10 weeks, his name is Mr. Luna. Mr. White, you try hard, but you know you should stop. This is in front of the whole class, right? Wasting your time and my time. And he looked at the class, our time. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Luckily, I met D. Boone soon after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I lost faith. That's I a... lost faith. I lost. <laughs> but uh... maybe I was shitty. I was on the licorice stick, you know, and it, I was trying. Like he said, I tried hard. Okay. Uh, what about the garage? Well, how'd you jump on what you're doing now? Playing in bands, playing bass. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, what, Again, it comes to my. We're it thinking comes of the left my, hand, left hand of the piano. It comes up back to my dad. So I mean, I, uh, you know, I kind of there was this transition moment. I, I listened to a lot of classical music as a young kid, 
And then um, I think because my parents were kind of hounding me, they wanted me to be cool. So they actually kind of pushed me into listening to alternative and rock music. And um, my dad was a guitarist and had, you know, had guitars and basses around. And uh, oh, wow. I kind of, yeah. And I, so I showed some curiosity in bass. And the first first um, memory of bass was him showing me the the bass line to a Pearl Jam song in the attic of our house. <laughs> Jeff Hammond gave me a bass. He, uh, Mike Lowe made him a some, one of those oh, yeah. weird, freaky EBs that the, the, the early seventies, late sixties to cost cut money, but they put, you put those Mike Lowe pickups in. It's I keep it at Castle Hanzo. It's really good sound, and he's such a sweet guy. Grew up in a real little town in Montana. Uh, did um, you figure out the connect between the left hand of the piano, which you had been doing, you know, since you were a kid with your ma, and the bass I don't guitar? Know if I I don't know if I was honestly like kind of smart enough or had enough musical intuition to kind of make that connection. I think to me, they were totally separate universes, especially because there was such a gap in the styles, you know, like genre, genre, the big enemy of music genre. Fuck that Berlin wall gulag shit. I'm really sick of fucking genre. I think that's why as punk rockers like to wear funny outfits because it was just such a joke. The idea of like, well, it's a marketing, it's a shortcut on the marketing device. Yeah, yeah fuck that. So anyway, I didn't mean to get all self-righteous on that. It's it's your story, your music. Did you get into the fucking uh, garage band, basement band, bedroom band? Yeah, I met, I met a good friend of mine who I'm still in touch with, and he kind of pulled me in. He was looking for someone to play bass in his garage band that was playing in his, uh, his mom's basement, and... We played, you know, I learned Ramones covers. That's where I learned really to... to well, you know, he wrote the song. Didi wrote most of the songs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He even wrote them after they kicked... You know, he quit the band because Johnny kicked beating the fuck out of him. But you know what I love to hear is you got into the bass because all the other guys on bass, they always said, yeah, somebody needed him, like your buddy. But you actually got on the bass because you had it laying around your pad and your pop said, yeah, try it. I like that a lot. (laughs) Look, you guys gave me this, uh, it's your funeral. No pun, but it's still bitching song. Let's listen.
since November. Okay, people, that chunk of music started Paper Mass. It's your funeral. The uh, Les, or La Gris Gris with uh, The Day. Manuel Armida, Northwest Territory, Yellowknife, right? But he's actually from ne Mexico City, Tan Girls. Al Margolis out of Chester, New York. Alto Sex Voice, finally trial by fire. Yeah, more of that. Uh, motif. Paper Mice. So how does the Paper Mice thing come I'm hearing about three guys all fucking educated on piano first and then gravitating into their own little music trips. But somehow this ensemble developed. How? Well, I guess it, I, I guess it started um, um, our original bassist, Adam and I, uh, we had a we had a band together back in uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan called The Teeth. Not no relation to the, the Pennsylvania band, The Teeth. Um, and uh, we both moved to Chicago and decided to kind of keep keep making music together and started a band and found we met up with John under 
very interesting circumstances. And then uh, Adam moved to uh, moved to California, uh, and that's when we started playing with Taylor. You tell me, Paper Mice actually didn't start in Chicago. Well, it, I mean, Paper Mice it, itself started started in Chicago, but but Adam, our original like our original bass player, and I were playing together in a band outside of Chicago first, and then but it when, wasn't when, called when, Paper Mice; it was called something else. It was called the Teeth. Teeth yeah, the Teeth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a it was a different band. I was I wasn't playing guitar. I was just singing, okay. um, in that group. Yeah. Okay, so you guys moved to Chicago, and then what? You stopped playing together, and then that's how you meet. So, so we, we, we um, Adam and I got together and started writing music, you know, trying to write songs and trying right. to find a drummer. Okay. And then um, somebody that I taught with, uh, I was I was teaching uh, at Columbia College Chicago at that time, teaching music theory. Uh, and one of my fellow teachers there um, was John's roommate at the time. Uh, and, <laughs> Small world. <laughs> and yeah, and and I don't know how he heard that I was trying to find a drummer, but uh, apparently he spoke to John and he's I, I was passing him on the staircase one morning. He goes, hey, I think I might know someone who wants to who wants to play music with you. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I didn't even know you knew I was starting a band, you know? And uh, he put he put me in touch with John. And, and See, uh, he's the guy who has to be interviewing you because he doesn't need words. He just reads your <laughs> mind. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So what was the first paper mice prac like? Like, oh, well, like with John, with the whole band? Yeah, the, you three guys. John, John, you want to answer that one? Yeah, I'll, it was exciting because I'd never played... I would say that type of technical stuff before, and I had a really good fun time learning it. The first song I learned was called Meal of Steel. It's about a guy who ate a bunch of metal and like had all this stuff stuck in his stomach. And Dave, Dave can tell you a story better than I can, but it has a middle part that is very like crazy. The song's only a minute long. And, and as soon as I learned it, uh, Adam and Dave looked at each other like, oh, yeah, we're good. <laughs> well, so, well, how did they deliver the, like, the teaching? How did they teach it to you? Did they just play it for you and you could just whoop up? Yeah, I think it was – they probably sent it to me, uh, you know, beforehand. Because, I mean, it was like to get started, like they had a couple of songs in the can ready to go. And then after we did – after I learned a few, then we started writing more together. So it wasn't like – John hears all the songs, learn them. It was like that's how it was in the like for like the first, I don't know, probably two. So songs these demos, what were these demos? Yeah. Just bass and guitar? Did they have a drum? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were just right, Dave. I don't, I don't think there were any drums on them. I, I don't, I don't remember making demos. I, 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 my, I thought we just taught them to you in the space, but I don't. You, you'd probably remember better than I would. Oh, uh, that's that's totally possible. I thought you might have sent them via email or something. But okay, what about the first Paper Mice gig? That was oh, at the Fireside Bowl. Yeah, that was uh, at a great, great classic venue where a lot of punk shows happened. Uh, Fireside Bowl, yeah. Now, was, uh, and how was it? Was it a success? They throw shit? Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I, I was so tired. I was playing I was playing so hard, and I remember we played probably six or seven songs, and like that was it. Like I don't think we had that much material, but we well, played. Well, Paper My songs are kind of short, especially the older ones, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So what was the ten minute <laughs> gig? Dave, am I right? I mean, we. Didn't I think. Have a... I think it was. I think wasn't it like June 9th? And you you kept saying you wanted to have nine songs, nine on the ninth. I remember. <laughs> okay. There you go. So I, I remember have... nine songs. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. All right. There you go. Yeah. The logic guy in the band. All right. <laughs> the significance <Yeah>. monitor. <laughs> yeah. The totem teller. 
Uh, so, so, but, but people dug it, or did you did? Were you scared? No, I, I think people were digging it. Um, I think it was. Well, a sometimes total you know, success isn't the people digging it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think if like yeah. you're in the Stooges. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> successes of like the how much shit they are throwing, I guess. But yeah. uh, no, but okay, okay. We're, uh, personally, were you scared? Because I still get scared for gigs. Um, I I was not. I was just so excited. I wanted to do it, but I was not scared. What about you, Dave? Uh, I was I was a little bit like yeah, I was a little shaky because I I felt like you know. I, I felt like the project was really personal and I really wanted people to get it the way that I felt like we had, you know, like conceived of it. Yeah. And so like, I really, I was like nervous about like, you know, that, that, that any piece not being like right in place would cause the whole thing to crumble, you know? So I was like really like uh, really hypercritical of ourselves. I really yeah. wanted it to be perfect, you know, responsible man. <laughs> but that, that made, that made it really hard to play shows. Cause like, you know, <laughs> We're all up beat, and shit, yeah. beat myself up about right, it over, right, after right, the shows, right, you know? Right. But that's why you do gigs, right? Because that's the real prac. <laughs> There's the other <laughs> prac, but then gig prac. Yeah, people were at the yeah. end of the second hour, uh, September 7, twenty twenty one. Dish Watt Peters, your special guest, paid per mice. Hold tight for hour three. September 7, twenty twenty one. It's third hour. Watt for Pedro show.
jacked up and gray decayed faded and fallen deep into neglect i bet you'd benefit from a brush up some care repair just a quick touch up i'll roll up my sleeves and leave you there with a fresh coat Touch too much onward and apeward. Lined up the flock in shock, gathered to witness. show third hour start off the regular guy paper mice and it's uh i was enlightened to the subject matter and it's a little messy <laughs> plasterman out of ithaca after that no the one in new york not greece uh the day no paper trail <laughs> you know that kind of goes with you guys this tune right especially it's stuck to the bottom of his fucking shoe he's coming out of the head call 2000 after that all of them in parentheses brand new from the suns with two u's third string who would leave their son out in the sun have a nice life what a is that a bad name have a nice life okay and paper mice <laughs> finally fresh coat there's a pun there somewhere but that one's way buried i know it. uh so so paper mice like the, the album i've been playing all year uh well i played it all but when howie by the way people we got to uh, give credit howie reeve for making this connect because I wouldn't know mice without this because I'm such a fucking ignorant slow learner. But uh, he turned me on to their album, and I've been playing it all until I played it all out. And then the, this new thing here. Uh, how, tell me about recording the first one versus recording this one that I got right now. Taylor. Bring it, Tay. Yeah, I, 
I don't know what, what the recording the first one was like. That was done at Semaphore, is that right, John and Dave? Yeah. Yeah. The, are the what, Mike? Let me just ask real quick. Are you looking at the most recent album, One Eight Hundred Mondays? Ah, uh, you know, you flowed me all these tunes. I don't know exactly which. Record That's okay. Are. We'll just give you. I a just rundown know it's the newer recording. than the shit I played before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so I'm deferring to Taylor because he's our. He actually engineered our most recent record that came out a couple months ago. Oh, great! Yeah. So, yeah, so, so, but he, he said a studio semi for so it's somebody else's studio, but you go in and you work the knobs. The first the first record was recorded at a at a um, professional studio in Chicago that closed, I think, ten years ago or so. That was Semaphore. The second record was recorded at um, John's the school that John's was working at. It was recorded in the gymnasium of that school. Whoa! And then this is the third record. The third record is One Eight Hundred Mondays, which came out in May. 2021 I think and that's that record where most was... of these songs are from yeah everything yeah, I, yeah. everything yeah. i sent you except for don't worry about the governor everything is from that from this album okay okay yeah. thanks for <laughs> yeah that's from okay. the band, band validating stuff the ignorant motherfucker in pedro <laughs> who don't know his ass from a hole in the ground so th thanks oh, for checking me out there okay so only the you're first good. song was older okay you know what yeah. you could tell the consistency of the sound in a way you know but my pop said that the way they spelled that word assume was not an accident. So I didn't want to do that. Yeah, he thought it was magical stuff. You know, you know it wasn't spelled that way for nothing. Yeah, okay, pop. So, uh, and, and how long did it take? Uh, well, the most recent record we recorded it. So I work at Electrical Audio, Steve Albini's wow! uh, studio. Wow, that's where Stooges recorded the weirdness. That's right, yeah, so they I did. I spent a week there. Were you working there when I conked there for a week with the cats? That was... I think that was maybe six months or a year before I started there. 2006. Uh, I what year was it? 2006. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was way before I started there. Okay. <laughs> okay. I started I started as an intern. I started there seven years ago, and then I started working on a paid basis six years ago. So, Did yeah, you wear the, the boiler uh, suit? What's that? The boiler suits. Albini gets all his guys in a boiler suit. I, I don't know. If he <laughs> yeah, I think that's... That yeah, I don't, I don't actually wear the boiler suit just because. Well, for two reasons, it's it's terribly hot, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is nice in the winter, but in the summer it's just sweltering. Um, oh, I and uh, I also everyone, you know, when they when they get hired on, they get they get two jumpsuits, they get silk screened with the electrical logo, and I ordered a forty four, and I should have ordered a forty four long, so my my sleeves go up to about my you know my elbows. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Midway between my elbows. And <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, what about the production? Was Steve Albini involved? No, Steve wasn't involved. I did. I did all the recording and, and mixing. Um, yeah, record. We recorded it there, and then I did most of the bulk of the mixing at my little home studio room that I'm sitting in right now. And then we brought it back to Electrical just to kind of check mixes and finalize everything. Bob Weston um, we involved. Bob yeah, Weston. we did all the yeah. we did all the recording in was it two days. And then I kind of, it was kind of a big pandemic project. Mixing it was a big pandemic project for me. Like it, it kind of got me through the first few months of lockdown. Um, okay. Yeah. Music's so, a lifeline. Um, Music's a lifeline. I love it. Uh, what about I'm, this, uh, the cynic route? I'm going to play that. It was wrong. I admit it. I won't lie and pretend We were drunk, 
when we did it or that we won't try it again and the city is a bridge we're not allowed to walk across so i convened a committee to help us finally shed the albatross slow down take a minute
by the sea, the debris never ceases. Washing up, it never ever decreases. It's a mystery that's left us in pieces. As the mystery grew, it accrued and it never abated. Never even slightly biodegraded. So while everybody sat there and waited hopelessly, we never stopped looking. It never stopped piling up. We never stopped looking. Pedro's your last music for this edition. We had Paper Mice, The Cynic Route, then The Confinement of the Quarks from Tropical Fuckstorm, Chica Libre, The Hungry Song, Samuel Locke Ward, No Fight, No Fuss, Circle the Drone, Ray Shin, Burning for You, Brother Phil doing Boestricult cover, but he calls himself Mountain Offensive, and this is the Scalded Ape version. 60 fires out in the West here, a lot of them in Cali. Paper Mice, with 1-800-MONDAYS. Looks like a phone number. That's Yeah, that's the joke. Okay. No pun, but I guess if you dial that, <laughs> you find out. So, <laughs> earlier in the show, you talked about the songwriting process for Paper Mice. Yeah. yeah. Does somebody Very... carry a notebook around of words? So there's always like a, you know, a, a kind of a 
well you can draw from or, or is everything written to order are songs built yeah. on jams riffs so we kind of we kind of usually will we'll just get together and start playing and see yeah. and see what comes out occasionally someone will bring something in but usually we'll uh we'll just start playing and i'll record um when we get something good and then we'll just have like uh we have uh, something we call the riff graveyard where it's just like a repository of old recordings of us playing that we, we could always draw from for stuff um but the lyrics so usually will will we have a repository of uh song ideas because all of our songs are based on uh real news events weird weird events from the news and so topical. we kind of keep a that, I was topical gonna, i was going to ask you about lyrics in in paper mice because they seem really kind of all the music and i love the interplay you guys got a three-way conversation going that's fucking bitching but it does seem like you are celebrating the comedy of the words yeah you know the the we try to find um like news stories that are that are weird or quirky or bizarre or um and then you know, um, put a lot of a lot of time and thought into trying to making the lyrics uh, funny and you know a lot of puns in there. And uh, so, how do you do that? Buddies. Do all three guys work on the words together? Um, we used to, to do varying, it that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say to varying degrees. I think um, we'll try to make some headway on the lyrics. Kind of when once we once we have like a, the skeleton of the musical skeleton of a song, we'll we'll try to make some headway on the lyrics. Of late, it's kind of been um, Dave has been doing a lot of that work outside outside of practice, um, and then we'll you know if we have any silly ideas or you know stuff ideas for direction or anything, then we'll talk it over at band practice. But um, it's collaborative. But Dave's been doing doing more of the legwork on there, the lyric writing. There was five or six Minutemen songs where me and D Boone tried to like, okay, you write one line, I'll write the next one. Now you write the one <laughs> after that. And, <laughs> that was tough. Huh. <laughs> that was tough. Did you like? Did you like that method? Well, like I said, there was only five or six, and there must be a couple. <laughs> right. It, it was just you know. That's why I was curious on how you guys collaborate on lyrics. It's like trying to dream yeah. by committee, but I, I, you know, why not? There's a will, there's a way, right? And then, yeah. uh, what, what, what about music-wise, as far as the drums go? Does um, any songs ever start with the drums? Yeah, yeah. they yeah they can. Um, I would say like because our songs are very much chopped up and and you can tell that they they kind of come from a, like we'll we'll start with a bigger groove idea and we in practice we're repeating it a ton and we're like okay we really like that but the we sculpt it down you know um, and 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 make it smaller sections. And so the form, the forms, our forms are the thing that kind of take the time and they develop over many practices. But yeah, for sure, songs will come from a bass riff because that, yeah, yeah, they'll come from a drum, drum beat. Never, never really from a vocal thing though. They usually from they start with the music. Well, yeah, you, he, the, Dave was saying the lyrics usually come last, and probably actually the last is probably the title, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Not, not with what? You know, that's why I asked a lot of people. Like, nobody, I have to start with a title. I got no fucking focus, but, like, nobody does this shit. But anyway, yeah. uh, what about improvisation? Do you leave spaces open? Obviously, uh, you improvise when you're coming up with this, when you're cooking it up, right? Yeah. I would I say, go ahead, Dave. I think, I mean, John, when we, you know, when we play live, John takes a lot of liberties in the drums and, pulls the time and does all sorts of interesting stuff. I, my, my singing and my guitar is pretty much yeah. locked in. I don't, I don't, I don't vary too much. Well, even yeah. with solos? 
No, I don't. I don't. I don't. No. I don't really want to solo. You know, no, they're kind of. Really I have, I write, I'll write. I'll write you know, little melodies, but I don't. They kind of remind me of the pop group guys. Yeah, it's that. What was his name? Wilco Johnson. Do you remember this guy? Ooh. He played weird guitars, like this. And it was like in the seventies, right? Doctor Feelgood. It was an R and B band. And the pop group guys, and I think later the Gang of Four guys kind of copied. This it was a trippy, and you maybe without even knowing it, you're kind of in that school. <laughs> Deep Blue yeah. was really influenced by these cats because they were really. It, it's a really it's a percussive way of playing guitar, and you know in the old yeah. days the guitar was in the rhythm section. It was just bass mm -hmm. and drums. Yep. Piano too was there. So uh, what's the next? Where can people find you on the internet? Bandcamp is probably the best place. It's papermice.bandcamp.com. Okay. Um, and what's also the next on our plan? Instagram. Sorry? Yeah, those corporate sites they can go to. They'll find you over there. But yeah. I, I want them to get right to your music so they can hear it, you know, because that's the deal. What's the next plan? Sorry, the Sorry? next. What'd you say? What's the next plan? Oh, plan. P L A N. Sorry. Yeah, okay. We want to play again, but. We're kind of waiting for this thing to chill out, the, of course. the little Delta thing. Yeah, of course. We're, you, we're taking you, it slow on that front. Because this record just came out. You, you're not writing for the next one yet, are you? Not yet. No. Okay. But when you do and you record it, will you come back on the show? We can play it and talk about it? Oh, yes, please. Absolutely. It could be all up to the moment. We don't have to on any of that background story about you know, having to see the yes. alternative rock show and shit. Yeah, yeah. It's been a big honor to have you guys aboard. Love what you're doing. Please keep on keeping on. Thanks, thank Mike. You. Thank, thank you. you so much, Mike. Absolutely. Yeah, thank absolutely. you. People, it's been September 7, 2021. Dishwap Pedro. So keep your powder dry. <laughs>